Welcome to episode one, the podcast where we talk about the first episode of a streaming show and make no jokes about it. No jokes. My name is Michael. My name's Eric. And this week, for some reason, we watched Unbelievable. I find it unbelievable that you watched the first episode of this, not even for the podcast. Yep. And then when we were talking about what we were going to record this week, you said, yeah, we should do this episode for the podcast. Yeah. Before we go any further, should we do one of those warnings where we tell people that we're, this show was about sexual assault and violent rape, and maybe they don't want to listen to us talk about that, don't listen to us talk in this episode? I mean, I feel like whether we want to do that or not, that's what you just did, so. Yeah. Felt like a good idea. Sure. So, that being said, yeah, I watched it with Shay, because Shay's been hearing a lot about it. It's been getting a lot of advertisements, and everybody at her work is really into it. And I watched it, and it was difficult to watch, but it's an engaging show. And skipping to the end, I'll probably watch more of it, but it's hard. I will... Also skip to the end and say I will also probably watch more of it, um, if only because, to your point, having just watched the first episode, it's hard to watch, it's, but not in a, so we've talked about this, I don't know that we're releasing some of these episodes that I'm going to reference here, but like we've talked about this when talking about Ozark, and that might be the only thing that we've talked about this in reference to, but like there are shows that are like dramas that are really like dour and depressing. And they, they, I joked that, and if this is going to seem inappropriate in the context of what happens in this episode, but I joked that like this, those shows just make me want to slip my wrist. It's just like, it's so depressing and dour and like, I don't want to watch them. This was depressing on a whole other level, like a real life, this shit happens every day. And it's not even about the rape. The rape is awful. It's about everything that takes place after the rape. Right. And this is based on a true story. Yes. So, live in that world. Making the, like, making my, my depression even more acute. Yes. Yeah. So, do you want to describe the plot of this show? Um, the show starts with... A young woman, I have already forgotten her name, Marie, who is sitting in her apartment, kind of just staring off into space, right? And then somebody lets in a police officer and he asks her what happened and she starts describing in some detail the sexual assault that took place with her late last night, early this morning. When it starts out, I was... Based on what I knew of the show, I was surprised by how the police were handling it because it seemed like they're doing all right. They're like doing that first police officer was right. very cl- like honestly, he was very clinical about it, just not betraying any emotion, asking very simple questions. They're hard questions. We're talking about a rape, like it's 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 hard, but he handles it very straightforwardly, right? And then the first time she's asked to repeat her story, you think, okay. I guess it makes sense that he wants to hear this from her. 
But by the fifth time she's telling the story, yeah, it, like this, this is where right. rage had really set in. And that's where things fall apart, apart for her because as she's having to retell the story and relive the story, she just starts sh- shutting down because she doesn't want to have to keep reliving this horrible thing that happened to her. And that is causing all sorts of behaviors that are making people suspicious. So the way that she handles it is part of her behavior is trying to behave normally or try to, you know, one of the things in the show is she wants the same sheets that she had and her foster mother says, why would you want those sheets? And she wants those sheets. And I don't know, you're the psychologist. Why did she and, wants she wants normalcy. She wants to go back to to before like this all happened. Yeah, but, right. But it's presented without any overt subtext. It's just very like that. I, I just want my fucking sheets, and and she gets that's the first thing that she really gets bent out of shape about the whole episode. Even when she's talking about the rape, even when she's having to take pictures with the uh, medical examiner or whoever at the hospital naked and all this sort of stuff, she's she's dead. She's she's very dissociated from. Any of those moments, but the second it becomes about the sheets, then she gets she gets angry and verbally combative and and frustrated with her foster mother, her former foster mother. Right, and one of the issues, one of the reasons she has problems getting the police to believe her is because of her social status. She is, from what I can tell, she's in a group apartment complex for troubled young adults. I mean, they, they flat out said at the beginning it was the... Oh, see, we'll talk about this in a second, but this, like the beginning of the show, I was taking good notes. Um, it's the Oakdale Apartments for At-Risk Youth, so it's very deliberate. Like, this is for people who have mental illness issues, homelessness issues, like familial issues, that sort of thing. Right, and this explains she comes from an abusive background. She goes in and out of foster homes until she turns 18 and then she moves into this place and is still in touch with a couple of her foster parents that she describes as the better ones and um is still she's still exhibiting behavior of like she wants attention uh so she like blows out another kid's birthday candles and stuff like that and so the foster mother tells the police officers that she suspects this rape, rape didn't happen and she was just trying to get this is another one of her attention seeking and it wasn't entirely that that started them down that road in fairness and it's explainable given the context but in fairness her story was details were were getting confused right so the way she describes what happens is that she's the the attacker brought the blindfold and the gag, but didn't bring the knife or the shoelaces that he used to tie her up with, which didn't really jive with somebody that was doing this in any planful way. But then on top of that, she her timeline gets mixed up between I untied myself, then called, or I was tied up when I called and I dealt with my hands or I dealt with my toes, like. Relatively minor details, but they they start to look more major when we get the context of, oh, she's at risk and she's maybe very, in her mother's word, look at me. Right. And that gets confused with, like, this is just, she was in a high stress situation and she's asked to go through it over and over again. Like, 
of course she's going to make these types of mistakes or as she tries to distance herself from it, not care as much about the details or not care to remember the details. And the police don't understand that that's what's happening. They think she's just lying. Yeah, it, it's a high stress situation. And on top of that, she's also hasn't slept. So it's like she, she gets woken up in the middle of the night with this attack and then everything for the next 36 hours is her just going through all of these. She's getting the 12th degree. Not In fairness, the people asking the questions, at least initially, were doing it in what seemed like a compassionate way, other than the fact that it was the fifth time that she was having to tell the story. Right. Like, the she says, I really have to do this again. And the detective gives an explanation, which, like, sounds like a reasonable explanation. And his explanation is, yeah, I'm sorry that I keep having to do this, but the more somebody talks about it, the more likely other details are going to come out. And one of those details could be helpful for this. And so like when he said that, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. And she was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then it was a pretty quick switch from, we don't, from that to, we don't fucking believe you. And just like twisting her arm into admitting that she didn't get raped. That, that took, I feel like it wasn't super quick. I, it, it felt a little more like, slow burn for me anyway where it went from the mother like because her her foster mother was the one that had called the the police to like talk she mentioned like that's why i called you is i just wanted to like float this theory out there mm-hmm. and i did get the impression before that that they were like trying to it didn't seem like we don't believe you necessarily it seemed like we were trying to make these loose ends meet up but then the further they get into this, the more they're not even trying to make the meet up. They're trying to burn the whole thing down. I thought that they were on her side up until the foster mother had the talk with her. And then the foster mother had the talk with her. And the next conversation they had with her was, why are you lying to us? Sure. But that it wasn't like we're going to talk to the foster mother and then talk to her. They went, they started like going down these other paths. Like they, they went and talked to Connor who she had called or something earlier that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we start to notice, like, some aspects of the story don't line up because she had told him she dealt the phone with her toes. She had told the police that she dealt with her hands. Again, a minor detail, fatigue, all this sort of, like, there's just a lot that, that could explain this away. I don't remember. They, they had talked to somebody else after that as well. Or, or maybe they were doing some research and found, like, this thing. They, they couldn't find any, they didn't find any DNA. They didn't find any fingerprints. They didn't find anything in the actual apartment itself. And part of what I'm wondering about this show, and I don't know, like, you've only watched the first episode, right? So, like... Correct. I'm starting to wonder how much of this is an unreliable narrator, not in the sense of the woman who was attacked, but in the sense of the police. Like, I I don't know. We're hearing that they've gone down all these paths, but are we going to find out later? Oh, no, they didn't actually, because... What some of the major actors and actresses in this show haven't even arrived yet. Like, Tony Collette was in the show, which I didn't realize until after I had watched through it. And then the next episode pops up and there's a picture. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? And she's one of the female detectives that I guess takes up this case in real life and and starts digging into it more and finding some oddness. Right. So, I I mean, that's what we're going to see, I'm guessing. Not to write episode two, because in no way do we need to write episode two for this. No, we can deal with that. Yeah, my episode two for this show is that they find the rapist and punish the rapist and win the lottery and start a organization for women that are victims of sexual assault and help a whole lot of other people. 
And then the next, so th- there's like six episodes or something in this. This is a limited series. There's like six episodes of this. So that's episode two. Yeah. Episode three through six is just them patting themselves on the back for having found the guy. That's that's all it is. It's just like, hey man, we did a we did a really good job. Good good for us for for digging yeah. deeper. But I think that that's what the show is going to continue on. Is it's going to be Tony Collette and I don't know the other actress's name, but she's from Nurse Jackie. Not Edie Falco? Not Edie Falco, the other nurse. I don't, I've never watched that show, I just know Edie Falco, oh, isn't it? Yeah. It's gonna be their investigation and us following the investigation and tying in the first episode into their, their investigation. So we're gonna see all those avenues and everything that were and weren't taken and what certain things from the first episode actually mean to the case. Again, not writing episode two or any of the episodes after this. I am genuinely interested in figuring like this series is like six episodes at least long. It might be closer to eight. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to fill out. Like I, to me, it seems like there's an episode or two of investigating and finding out like, yeah, this dude fucking did it. Like what goes beyond that? Or rather I'm afraid of what goes beyond that because it feels like more cover up, more like finding ways to fuck with the people that are trying to investigate. Well, he's a serial rapist, so there's going to be more rapes. I wasn't aware of that. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's that probably what the like picture taking was with. I'm guessing that it was like some sort of placard or like number of like, this is the fourth woman or yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much there is to say about the content of this show that hasn't already been said by people that are, in in Shay's words that she told you more woke than uh, like like I I can recognize so I I was telling you about this when we were talking about the show even just kind of jokingly talking about what we were going to talk about in this episode my process when it comes to watching these episodes at least over the last couple as I've been trying to like apply more focus to it has been really just writing down a stream of consciousness as I go through the episode mostly so that I have markers for like oh this happened and then this happened and then this happened and also to write down names and things like that. This show I have, and you can see it, it's my, my stream of consciousness start, stops after like four or five lines. Like it's literally just, I think the last thing I wrote here was somebody, when they were asking to take her shoes, I think said, uh, we need to collect some evidence for the crime lab. And I had the thought, that sounds like somebody who's pretending like he's a, a police officer. It just sounded so hokey and like whatever. But that's literally the last thought I had. And that was within the first five minutes because the remaining... 55 minutes or so was just me sitting there like emotionally slacked on, if not literally going like this fucking sucks. And me writing a paragraph about how like me saying that this fucking sucks is, is a probably a no duh or hell yeah. Like, of course it does for like literally anybody right that's been through this has been adjacent to more adjacent to this than I have been like, right. even as a former or previous therapists and things like that. I, I haven't been this close to this side of things. So a lot of this is just like, I mean, yeah, of course it's, this sucks. I told Shay this morning that we were going to record the episode for this. And she said, I realize that you're woke. And I realize that Eric's woke, but don't forget you're two straight white dudes going to talk about this show. We're not going to have any unpopular opinions about this. Of course, we think it's bad. I, I don't know how much more we add to that conversation. I don't know how interesting this is to listen to. You know right. what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, Dabber was in this. From Coach. Yep. I literally, 
Um, when I saw he was, he was one of the police officers that eventually didn't believe Marie and was pretty aggressive in, in his stance on that later on. But when I saw him at first, I literally just said out loud, Oh, Dauber. And then I had to ask Kathy, I was like, wait, his name was like, I didn't just make up some word, right? Like his name was Dauber on that show. Right. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You know what football program that that uh, TV show is based it was on? University of Minnesota, wasn't it? No, it was Cy- it was Cyhawk winning University of Iowa. He was at the University of Minnesota, though, wasn't he? He was based on Hayden Fry. Okay, but he was at the University of Minnesota, though, right? Let's look it up. Here's the thing that I while you're looking this up, here's the thing about that show about Coach. So we're talking about Coach. I remember watching this show. I think my dad. Actually, listen to this podcast, so I'm sure he'll text me once he's listened to this episode six months from now. My dad used to watch, and that's about all I remember of it. I've watched far more How I Met Your Mother, which has the same actor, uh, Bill uh, Fagerbacher, I think is his name, in it as Marshall's dad, and has had way more of an emotional impact on me just because of everything that happens in that show. That's way more recent, way more impactful for that show, but I still, when I see that guy, I think, oh, Dauber. Yeah. Uh, many of the exterior shots of Minnesota State are actually the University of Iowa. Interesting. Yeah. Can we, if we're going to talk about University of Iowa, can we say Cyhawk Trophy winning University of Iowa for the rest of the episode? Um, you can say that. I can roll my eyes every time you say that. And we can all feel better for it. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about Coach. I watched some Coach. Did any football players, what were the plots of the episodes? Because I don't remember any football players in the episodes. It wasn't like Friday Night Lights, the show that we're going to talk about all the time on this podcast. No, it, it was not football centric. It was more the character. It was more character centric, which I guess Friday Night Lights is still character centric, but football plays like that's more like a soap opera. That's a love letter to football, whereas this is like. A sitcom where the guy's job happens the, to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he happens to be a football coach. And I, the football was important to, like, the plot lines and everything like that. But I, I'm i sure there were football players, but I don't know that they were ever, like, terribly central. But again, I remember nothing from this show other than, uh Dauber. And also, like, wasn't Jerry Van Dyke in this show? Yeah, no, yeah, he was... Uh, it's also, like, I guess it's about a football program the same way that The Office is about a paper company like you see that on the periphery but it's basically just the office antics that you're watching yeah that makes sense um i thought that the actor who played dauber did a good job on this i don't know what he's done since coach but i liked him in this how i met your mother is the only thing i can think of he was yeah he was the dad (laughs) um what else can we talk about that's not this show it's not this show? It's not the show that we, like, are literally doing the episode about. Have you watched the Amazing Jonathan documentary? I haven't watched that, no. I still haven't. It's not going to get watched this weekend, either. There's just no time. It's yeah. Just, it's just Borderlands, man. Well, you're also going to go see Cyhawk Trophy losing <laughs> Iowa State play a football game. Mm-hmm. Who are they playing? Uh, some podunk University of Louisiana Monroe or something like that. Oh, so they're gonna they're gonna win closely. Good. Yeah, it'll it'll be a close win, and that will set everybody uh, a a titter and worried about Iowa State football. Was the Iowa game that wasn't their first game? That was their second second game. Who'd they play their first game? You and I. 
Did you and I beat them? No, they won. Oh, okay. Just barely. I mean, if you and I is a very good. You and I is a very good FC. I always get these mixed up. I think it's FCS school. They're a very good FCS school. So like, I wasn't as down about it as some others were. Um, but it wasn't super heartening. Though after watching the Iowa game, I be I wonder how much of that game was the offense looked terrible in the U and I game, and it seemed like it opened way up in the Iowa. Like fuck the the. Backwards pass, the wide receiver touchdown, whatever that happened for Iowa State. That's infinitely more creative than anything we ran on offense against you and I. And I get the feeling that maybe they were holding back. That's a risky proposition when we win in fucking overtime by three points. But I got the sense that maybe that could have been part of the case. Yeah, so they should have won, and it was, uh, but it was harder for them than it should have been. Mm-hmm. Them losing to Iowa, it wasn't, I mean... Isn't a disaster. I was also a very good football team, and we were like, it wasn't it like was the, really it wasn't like a blowout. It was a one point fucking right, yeah. And people are panicking. No, I don't think it, no, I don't think people are panicking yet. Oh, um, but if this game against ULM is close, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if people start panicking. Mm. Not in the sense of like everything's falling down, but like this, this team, this was supposed to be a, and it still very well could be the last. Um, We've lost the last four years or whatever. In the last two years, we've still had good years like, in the Sci-Hot game. But, like, right. it'll the last make five. some... What's that? Last five. Did I say four? Yeah. Okay. I think they'll still have a good year. It just may not be. I think some Iowa State fans probably had really high hopes when maybe it should have just been like, yeah, I think we'll be lucky if we could have another eight and five year. Like, I think that would be a, a good year for Iowa State considering we... Prior to the last two years, we haven't really had one of those in quite some time. Were they ranked at the beginning of the season? Mm-hmm. And that's the other part of it. But it was the first time both teams had been ranked in the preseason ever. Yeah. The first time the Iowa State had been ranked preseason since like 1970. Man, when I went to Iowa, we were no good. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if Iowa State, I can't remember if Iowa State was good or not while I was in college. Part of the reason I'm not sure if they were good or not was because I lived in Ames from like middle school and through college and then a year after college as well. So like all those years kind of melt together as far as like there were some good years or some bad years. They might've been halfway decent because they had to have had Seneca Wallace at one point in time. When I was going to university of Iowa over the summertime, I was taking a acting one or something for a credit. And we had a football player in that class. And I don't remember his name, but he was a, he played defense. I think he was on the defensive line. He was very nice. And a couple semesters later, I was taking a ultimate Frisbee course for an elective. Like you do. I loved that. But uh, we went to the bubble because it was raining. So we were going to have our class in the bubble, which is the dome practice field. And him and a couple other football players were running sprints or something, you know, doing a light workout. And as soon as he saw me walk in, he was like, oh, hey, Michael, and, like, walked over. And was like, hey, what you doing? Like, chit-chatted me up for, you know, four or five minutes. And then it's like, all right, man, see ya. And everybody in the in the class was like, what? Fucking know him. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember his name now, but, like. But he remembered yours. He remembered, yeah. It was, it was nice. I'm going to, uh, and I don't even think I'm going to need the reminder to do it because it, it should happen. Because I still haven't, I need the reminder to put up the Twitter poll the next time we do this thing. 
But I'm going to, in the summary for this episode, chunk out the, all right, so the first 19 minutes are us talking about, like, and this isn't even a trigger warning. It's more like, if you don't want to listen to us blather on about Iowa State and Iowa football, (laughs) skip these 10 minutes or whatever you cut it down to. Oh, I'm going to cut out a lot of the football talk, for sure. You should take a screenshot of your notes and put it on the Twitter. I don't know that there would be anything interesting about my notes. It's literally just, here's the names of the people to start with, and then me ranting. I'll I'll just read this part verbatim so everybody can hear it. It's like everything about this process is designed to make this as annoying and difficult as possible. I'm sure there's some more woke people out there than me that are yelling at their phones right now. Of course, that's exactly what it is, but this is the most raw, undramatized version of it I've seen possibly ever. And that was just it. It was just me ranting. There was nothing, like, I'm trying to think. Something like SVU or, like, Law and & Order and those, or those sorts of shows can deal with topics like this and get pretty raw and, like, talk about things like this. Mm-hmm. But everything about the first 15 to 20 minutes was infuriating, not because it was, like, horrifying. There was plenty of horrifying, but it was infuriating because it was just, like, what what the fuck do we think we're going to get out of this the fifth time that we're going to ask this person this information? Like, literally, what the fuck do we think we're going to get out of this? Not only in terms of accuracy, but also, like, she's exhausted. Like, she's been up for 36 hours. You guys are making her tell the story for the ninth time. It's, like, it's designed to make somebody fuck up. And here's here's the point where everybody goes, of course it is. But it's, like, it's designed to make you fuck up so that they can not investigate any further. Like, ah, she's lying. So, the episode ends on a cliffhanger. Almost literally. Almost literally, where she's about to jump off of a bridge because she's... Man. She's she's had a rough couple days. She's had a rough couple days. She got raped. She had to go over it again and again. Poked and prodded in the hospital. She has to deal with her foster parents, which I think she ultimately likes... Both of those foster mothers, but seem a little overbearing for her at the time. She, what else? I mean, oh, the police convince her to say she didn't get raped. And then she goes and tells her uh, counselors that that's what happened. And her counselors say, but did you get raped? And she's like, yes. And then they make her go back and tell the police that she did get raped. And then they tell her that. She needs to tell them that she didn't get raped, and then she has to go to her support group and tell her support group that she didn't get raped when she actually did get raped, and then the support group gets mad at her for lying about it, and then she ends up on a bridge about to jump off. Yep. Um, also, when she try, she offers to take a polygraph, and they say, if you take a polygraph and it turns out that you're lying, we're going to arrest you for a false report. They've could have arrested her for a false report already and have decided not to and are just using that as a weapon to get her to do what they want. Like, up until that point, they're like, this is a disturbed woman who's lying about being raped. Let's just not pursue this any further. Ease her into this, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was the the scene that had me literally throw my hands up. I, like, I had been, it was frustrating to watch. It was hard to watch up to that point. But that scene, that literal sentence when he says, if we go down there and take that polygraph and it says you're lying, we're going to have to arrest you. I threw my hands up. It's like, fuck, no, no, you can't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't arrest her based on that information because that information is the least, like, of all the shit that you've done to coerce 
like varying degrees of I did like this happened or didn't happen. The polygraph is the part that's the least like reliable of all of it. Like it's it's all especially in the state when you're being coerced to say one thing or another. Like it doesn't fucking I'm done. It was infuriating. Yeah. So who did the Vikings play this weekend? They play Oakland. The Oakland Raiders? Yep. Are is Oakland any good? No. Are the Vikings? That doesn't stop. Good? I, I don't know. I don't know. We absolutely kicked the shit out of the Falcons the first week and then played a really, really, really shitty game that we still managed to potentially come back against the Packers. And I don't even know if the Packers are all that good. Oh, right. I saw part of that game. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Like, we as a team are good. Our quarterback's kind of not playing so hot. I think he needs a sports psychologist. How do you think the good place is going to address Blake Bortles not playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I thought, I've thought for sure that you're going to say Blake Bartles or something when I mess up his last name. <laughs> I think, I thought they were going to address it last season because at some point last season he wasn't playing for them. And I thought they were going to address it by basically threatening them with hell or, or, you know, the bad place that I guess is what it's literally called in that show and convince them that they're in the bad place by telling, what's his name again? Doug? Jason? Jason. <laughs> I want to call him Doug. Uh, by telling Jason that Blake Bortles is no longer the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought for sure that was going to, and so it, since it didn't happen last season, it'll happen this season. Oh, I thought, I thought it wasn't until this season that he's... He's not even on that team this season, but I'm pretty sure at some point last season he either got injured or was just playing so absolutely dog shit shitty that they benched him, I thought. Because I remember seeing an article about it, like, what what is the good place going to do now? Oh, there's an article about it? I mean, it's it's as much an article as any listicle is. It was just like, ha, huh, here's this funny thing that I thought of. Right. Who's the new quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Um, Gardner Minshew. It was Nick Foles, um, but he went down with a broken collarbone. How do I know Nick Foles? Uh, he was the Super Bowl winning quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, the one that they, the season that they beat the, uh, the Patriots in the Super Bowl two yep. years ago. And oh, he was, he was the backup for Carson Wentz and is a terrible quarterback, but somehow plays really well when like shit matters. Like he's terrible most of the rest of the time. But last year he was also the backup for, uh, Philadelphia and Carson Wentz went down or something like that and he played like dog shit until like the last three or four weeks of the season when it was like we have to win out if we're going to get into the playoffs and we need some other things to fall the right way and he played like played awesome again for those four weeks but then things didn't fall the right way so they didn't make the playoffs hmm. or maybe they did and they just played shitty I don't remember hmm. um, but he went down with broken collarbone and so their new quarterback is a guy named Gardner Minshew um, who played for Washington State and actually beat the Cyclones last year in their bowl game. Oh. Um, but he's a weird fucking dude. He's a weird fucking dude who apparently likes to stretch naked in the locker room. Ooh. Or just in his jockstrap. He's got a weird name. It's, I mean, he's, he's an interesting dude. I'm pretty sure, was it him or somebody else that I had heard, like, put... Like, on his jersey, it's him, or it's either him or somebody else, but he's weird enough that it strikes me that it could be him. That he put his, on his jersey, it's Minshew the second, even though, like, it is him. Because he put Minshew the second, even though, like, his dad's name isn't Gardner. Like, he's not a, he's not of the second. He just is going by Gardner Minshew the second or something. That is weird. He's a weird dude. Um, 
Would you watch this show again? I will watch this show to the end, if only so that I can know whether or not this... I don't think it's going to have a happy ending, but, like, at least just a slightly less dog shit one. Because the the ending of this show thus far is just, like, life suck, everything sucks, everything sucks, being a woman sucks. Enjoy, fucker. When we're done recording, do you want to watch all the rest of the episodes back to back to back to back, like some sort of binge? No. Okay. I was going to say something mean. I don't even know what I was going to say that was mean, but I was searching for something mean to say, and I couldn't. Wow. Not like this time so likable? Like, it, it was, it was going to be something stupid, like, not because I don't want to watch a show, but just because I don't like you or something like that. But, like, I couldn't even come up with that because... That would devastate me. I know. I, I could see it in your eyes, which is why I held back. No, I, I, this is going to be one of the shows that, like, unless Kathy gets really hooked in on it and, like, wants to watch it through, like, I'm probably going to watch an episode a week. Not because, like, I want to maintain the suspense, but because my fucking heart can't take it. Did Kathy watch this with you? She didn't, mostly because she didn't want to watch something that much of a downer yesterday. So I watched it on the computer and she play video games or whatever but she got to see me fucking throw out my hands and asking her about Dauber and all that sort of stuff so she's got some context do you wanna do a wrap up tell you what instead of wrapping up with our goofy ass twitter and facebook feed and all that sort of shit I will instead wrap up with the national sexual assault hotline um, which is apparently available 24 hours a day has an online chat as well um, that's 1-800-656-4673, or you can go to rain, that's rain with two N's dot org.